Oh, hey, Queen, how's it going? Welcome back to the Note to Self podcast. I am the consistency queen, and I feel like I need to tell you about it. Do you know what I mean? Because I need the medal. I need the pat on the back. I need the big fat high five for it because I've never been consistent my entire life. <laughs> like, I'm always on it, on it, on it, and then I'm off it, and then on it, on it, on it, and then I'm off it. And I just feel like right now I am loving being on it. Do you know what I mean? And just like not on it all as in all or nothing on it. On it is in like being consistent, living my life, being able to do the basics and tick off my little to-do list of things without it feeling overwhelming, without feeling like I'm failing if I don't tick one box. Like consistency to me is about just doing the basics and doing them well, rather than trying to do everything and failing. And I'm going to teach you how to be the consistency queen as well. So we so we can be queens together. I'm getting well excited. I'm so sorry. I'm stuttering on my words, but wait, is stutter a word? Yeah. Oh my gosh dumb ass bitch. Okay, right. We're going to give, we're just going to do a little bit of a Q&A today, but I'm going to give you a couple of tips first on the ways that I think that you can implement a little bit more consistency into your life. And then we're going to just do a quick fire post-it night Q&A. And I call it post-it night Q&A because I'm going to try and keep it short and sweet rather than like do my usual just waffle on every single question. Um, but I asked you on Instagram why you feel like you're not being consistent right now and, and what you think is kind of your downfall, I guess, when it comes to consistency. So we're going to just jump straight into that in a few minutes after I give you a few more tips on what I think the kind of best things to do to be consistent are. And the first one is definitely to plan. I know that planning is boring. And by the way, I don't mean like, oh my God, I'm going to meal prep every single inch of my life. I'm going to have chicken and broccoli and have like a million bits of Tupperware. No, I don't mean planning like that. That is boring and nobody actually loves doing that. Um, Although if you do love doing that, do you know what I mean? You do you, hun. At the end of the day, the world is your oyster. But for me, I am the most impulsive person ever. I'm so spontaneous. I do not love planning anything ever. I'm like, uh, yeah, uh, planning's not my gig, mate. So my version of planning is more so like planning your gym sessions in, making a plan of action to say, right, okay, in the morning, I'm going to get up and do this. And just kind of setting yourself a little bit of a to-do list, a little bit of a checklist, which we'll go into in a second, um, to just make sure that you're actually starting to tick some boxes because that makes you feel so much better when you've got, say you've got like, I don't know, four things on a list and you get to actually actively tick them off oh my God, do you feel like a sassy receptionist? And I don't know if you know this about me, but like I, when I was younger, this is so tangenty, but when I was younger, I really wanted to be a receptionist. It was like my gig. I was like, that's my dream job. Ridiculous, I know. But like, do you know what I mean? Being in the office wearing sassy heels, getting to like punch holes in paper and staple things. Do you know what I mean? When everyone was playing mummies and daddies when I was younger and they were all like looking after babies, I was punching holes and like stapling random bits of paper together on a desk with loads of stationery. It's my gig, mate. <laughs> and technically, like with my job now, because I'm an online coach, obviously I get to kind of do those things too, except wear heels, which would be a vibe. Like maybe I should just start wearing heels in the office. I feel like we're literally a couple of episodes in and I've spoken about wearing heels to the office at least twice. Anyway, what we're we talking about? Gym sessions. <laughs> so I want you to start planning them in. I want you to start planning these things into your diary so that you can stick to them. You can tick them off. They can be like non-negotiables for your week, which we'll get into in a second. But first, we're going to talk about planning your gym sessions in. 
it's so important to have a bit of a schedule each week, a bit of a routine that you can start kind of getting into so that they just become a bit of a habit. They don't they don't require much thought. It's just like, yeah, Tuesday mornings is my gym time, you know, and it, it starts to become a little bit of a regular schedule for you rather than like going, oh, just when I feel like it. Um, because you're so much less likely to go if you're not planning ahead. So say, for example, you've got a training program. I would, by the way, recommend having a training program just because it, again, gives you that little bit more of a kick to go because you know exactly what you're doing so you can just get in and get the job done. Um, But what I want you to do, say you've got three gym sessions uh, each week. I want you to plan those gym sessions into your diary before the week starts. So say on a Sunday evening, I want you to sit down with your diary and just open up your week and go, right, okay, so where have I got time in my schedule? And we'll talk about kind of time block in and how to create a bit of a, a routine and a bit of a schedule in another episode. Um, do let me know if you want to see that. Drop me a DM or, or an email or I don't know, slide somewhere and tell me. Um, but what I want you to do is plan your three gym sessions, say it's three, I don't know, whatever it is for you, whether it's one, whether it's two, whether it's 25, whatever plan them into your diary and say, right, okay, so I'm going to go, I don't know, Tuesday at 9am, Wednesday at 7pm and Saturday at 11. Like that, that's what you're going to plan into your diary. And then I want you to stick to it like it's an appointment. Like I want you to literally imagine that it's like your hair appointment or your nail appointment or a doctor's appointment or a dentist appointment, like an appointment that you know you're not going to cancel because it's kind of rude to just cancel your nail appointment last minute. Like your nail lady is going to be an actual dick about it because fair enough, that's her business. And she's now lost out on a load of money. You've lost out on getting your nails done. And to be honest, it's not a viable round. Do you know what I mean? You want to feel sassy as hell. She wants to earn her keep. Like, do you know what I mean? You've got to do what you've got to do. You can't cancel that session. So imagine that your gym sessions or your me time in any way, whatever you want to put there, you know, whether that's a Zumba class or a run, whatever it is, I'm just going to use gym sessions because it's easier, but whatever sort of form of activity or event you want to do um, and you want to start being consistent at, plan it into your diary as if it was your nail appointment or your hair appointment and don't cancel on yourself because I promise you, if you can just start showing up for yourself a little bit more and doing what you said you are going to do, you're going to start building evidence that you can actually do it and that you can commit to something despite the fact of, I don't know, years of you telling yourself you can't stick to anything for long enough. Um, You'll start to build up evidence that you actually can if you start taking off those sessions at the time that you said you were going to. Um, Another thing, so that was, you know, booking in like it's an appointment. Another thing is to get it done early in the day if you can. Like I know it's really difficult when you've got a life to live. Do you know what I mean? Or you've got work or you've got a school run or, you know, you've got things to do in the morning. But if you've got the flexibility, even slightly, to get up maybe an hour earlier, half an hour earlier, and get your gym session or get your whatever thing you want to be consistent at, getting it done early in the morning, you are so much more likely to do it. And then you are so much better off for the rest of the day because you've ticked that thing off already before it's even like, I don't know, before most people have woken up or before lunchtime, you're at a point where you've ticked off your to-do list, you're buzzing about it because you're like, oh my God, I'm actually a goddess because I've already got something done for the day. And then you don't have to think about it when you get home. Like imagine you've gone to work, you've got up, you've gone to work, you spent the whole day at work. It's been a super long, super tough day. The 
annoying people in the office are doing you nothing, your customers are being dickheads, I don't know, whatever it is, and you finally get home and then you've got to go to the gym or then you've got to go and do whatever it is you've got to do. You are so not going to do it. Let's be real. Do you know what I mean? We've got better things to do, like watching RuPaul's Drag Race, Love Island, whatever your gig is at the moment. Like you've got better things to do than to then be going out again after you finish work. So my top tip is to try and get it done as the first thing of the day. Like if it's a home workout, set up all of your stuff the night before, like set up your gym trainers, set up your leggings, your cute sassy sports bra and t-shirt, like, I don't know, get everything kind of set up, your water bottle, a playlist sorted so that as soon as you wake up, you can go do your thing, get into your gym gear and go and do that workout, whether it's at home, whether it's at the gym, whether it's a run, whatever it is, you're going to feel so much better if you get up and get it ticked off straight away. If you can't do that because, I don't know, you've got a super early morning shift or you've got to do the school run and it just doesn't seem feasible to be able to, like, get the kids ready for school, do all of that sort of sass and do a workout at the same time because, like, I get it, we're busy people, do you know what I mean? Um, Then what I want you to do is try and get it done either on your lunch break if you've got a good amount of time for it or on your way home. And again, that requires planning because the last thing you want to do is drive all the way to the gym and then realize you've got your trainers and they're still sitting by the front door. Like if you can plan your sessions in, you know, okay, every Tuesday I need to take my gym kit to work so that I don't skip out on it when I get home. You're going to feel so much better. You're going to stay more consistent at it. And it's just going to be an all round vibe, honey button. And you're just going to get all the booty gains and feel so good for it. So you're welcome for that tip. Um, but <laughs> But yeah, if it is like, if look, if it just gets to a point where you've got to get it done whenever you can get it done, then you can't go and you can't go in the morning or you can't go as soon as you finish work, then get used to the idea that, okay, do you know what, you know, little put little things in place. Like when you get home from work, the first thing I do as soon as I get through the door, like my boyfriend always kind of goes, you are literally a superhero with this because I'm like a quick change artist. Like I get home and as soon as the door's shut, I'm already in a big baggy t-shirt and pants. Like I strip basically as soon as I get in the door because I'm like, I'm not going out, mate. I'm over it. I'm done. And I don't even wear sassy clothes for a living. I wear like gym gear, like leggings and loungewear for a living. So I don't even have an excuse, but I literally get changed straight away. So if I was going to do that and if I couldn't go to the gym at any other time and it had to be after I'd got home from work, I would definitely make sure that I do not get changed into like loungewear or anything like that. I do not sit on the sofa because, oh my God, that sofa is like a little suction vacuum that will not let me back up again. Um, I will make sure my boyfriend does not make me a cup of tea. I'll make sure that I haven't got dinner ready to go. Like I will make sure that I've got everything in place so that I can grab my gym bag and go straight out Or, you know, if you're waiting until the kids go to bed or whatever, and you know that you've got maybe an hour or so at like nine o'clock in the evening to go to the gym and back when, I don't know, someone else is looking after the kids or whatever it may be, like really set yourself that plan in motion so that you know you've got everything in place so that you can just grab your bag and go or grab your shoes and go for that run or grab your yoga mat and go to the conservatory and do a little, you know, yoga workout, whatever it is, make sure that you've got that plan in place and, and set that kind of appointment for yourself so that you don't cancel on yourself because like it's so easy to do that I know I know but if you can if you can avoid canceling on yourself for long enough you'll start to see the benefits of that consistency coming coming in um, and you'll be so much more likely to carry on you know doing your thing building the gains being a consistency queen 
Next one is set some non-negotiables that you can actually stick to. We we tend to think that it needs to be this kind of all or nothing approach. And I know that you hear me bang on about this all the time, to be honest, this all or nothing thing. And I feel like sometimes a broken record because I'm like, oh, everyone knows that it's kind of not great to be all or nothing. Yet we are. And this is why this podcast is called Note to Self because hi, note to self, I um, suck at this sort of thing. And I am constantly like, if I can't do everything, then I might as well do nothing. And it's a really difficult mindset to get out of. But if you can set some non-negotiables for yourself, and I think that this is the key to my success over the last kind of six to eight weeks or so, is that I set myself some non-negotiables that I could actually stick to the achievable ones, not non-negotiables like, oh my God, I need to hit 10,000 steps a day. I need to get 3.5 liters of water in. I need to get X amount of protein and X amount of calories every single day. I need to make sure I'm sleeping eight hours and like reeling off all of these things that let's be real, like they seem so simple. Like, oh my God, yeah, sleep more and drink more. Yeah, cool. But you don't actually do them. And the reason why so many of us don't do them is because they seem so unachievable when you've got so many other things to tick off. So what I want you to do for the next week is set up like three non-negotiables that you can actually do. For me, it wasn't getting 10,000 steps a day because I on a normal day will get like two or 3,000. So for me to get 10,000 was like, uh, no thanks, hon. So I set myself the challenge to get 6,000 steps every single day. And guess what? I've done it because I'm a consistency queen. No, I did it because I knew that it was a more achievable target than that 10,000. So look back on it and think, right, okay, so if I'm doing 2,000 at the moment, to get to 10,000, even if I've tried really hard and I'm at 5,000 for the day, that's still another 5,000 I've got to do. Whereas if I go, right, okay, I'm going to set myself a task of 6,000, doing an extra 1,000 between the hours of like 9pm and midnight doesn't seem like such a chore. It's like an extra 10 minutes walking around your kitchen. Do you know what I mean? It's so not a big deal. Whereas if I'd have got to 5,000 and I needed to get to 10, I'd have just given up and been like, well, might as well just sit down and have a cuppa because there's no way I'm hitting that target. So if you can... um, lower your targets slightly to make them a bit more achievable or lower your expectations to be like, right, okay, you know, I'm going to do what I can rather than trying to be perfect and hit that gold 10,000 number, which is just stupid by the way. Um, But that's for another day. (laughs) Then you're going to be in a much better position to actually start improving on what you're doing and your average steps for that week will come up, you know, because instead of getting 4,000 or 3,000, you're now getting five or 6,000. So your average is coming up. And then in a couple of week's time, once you're nailing that and you're being consistent in that, great, guess what? You aim for seven or 8,000 and then it it brings it up naturally, um, gradually, sorry. And I know that that sucks because you think, well, I'm not doing enough now, but you are doing so much more than what you would have done two weeks ago by just setting yourself these smaller tasks rather than overwhelming yourself by saying that you need to be perfect in every single area because you really don't. And I I mean, I think I'm kind of proof of this. And I think all of my clients are proof of this, that you don't need to be perfect. You don't need to do every single thing that ever existed to get results. Um, Another non-negotiable that you could choose is something like, so what have I been doing? I've been telling myself that I can get 6,000 steps on average, which is ticked off now. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm now really worried. Oh my God, uno momento. 
Another little non-negotiable that I've been doing is instead of telling myself that I need to go to the gym three or four times a week, that is, you know, as my program states, I've been committing to saying, right, I'm going to make sure that I go twice. And again, you might feel like, oh yeah, but then I'm not doing enough, but you're still going to be doing more than if you'd set yourself four times a week and then just didn't go because you left it too long and then you didn't have four days left. So you were just like, oh, whatever, I'll just start next week. If you can set yourself those little smaller targets to achieve, you're going to start achieving them. And since I set myself twice a week instead of four times a week, I started going three times a week. And that was like three times more than I was going before. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) And this is it. Like, it's just about setting those smaller, more achievable targets that you can actually stick to. So you can start building evidence of the things that you're doing well and you're ticking those boxes so that you can build a bit more confidence in that consistency. Um, And once you're consistent in those, you know, two sessions a week and 6,000 steps a day, you can go, right, great, I'm going to do 8,000 steps a day and three sessions a week. And you can build it up over the course of the next month rather than spending the month feeling like you're a sinking ship, you know, feeling like you're failing because you're not getting everything on your to-do list done. So yeah, set some non-negotiables, get them done early and plan them into your diary are three kind of top tips that I would tell you to do. Um, I would also, I hate, oh, I'm going to get so slated for this. No, probably not. No one cares. But (laughs) I hate the idea of being like, you need a really strong why. Like you need a really clear why. Like I just that to me, I'm like, what if I just want to feel a bit cuter? Like to me, I don't have a really clear why. My really strong goal doesn't really exist. Like there are people in this world that want to do it to be better for their children. There are people that want to live a healthier life because they've got a really high risk of, you know, I don't know, like early uh, fatalities or whatever. Like, Like people have really, really clear aggressive goals. And of course they do really well because they have that clear goal. I don't, I don't have that like, oh my God, you know, I want to be able to look in the mirror without crying anymore. I don't have those goals anymore. Now I'm just like, I just want to look cute, feel cute, take a cute selfie and be like, you know, not delete it or vom straight away. So like my goals aren't, aren't really that clear. And that's probably in the past why I've maybe had a little bit of struggles with consistency because I haven't wanted it enough. I haven't cared enough. And you do just get to a point where if you don't have those clear goals, it is really difficult to motivate yourself or dry uh, or have that kind of determination to get those boxes ticked because you're kind of like, yeah, you know, if I don't do it, what's going to happen? I just feel average for a bit longer, like cool. But if you can kind of set yourself some really clear goals about what you want to achieve, you're going to be in a much better position to actually get those boxes ticked and get that job done. So as much as I don't necessarily think you need, it's helpful, but you don't need a really clear why, you know, uh, why are you doing this? And it's got to be like some life-changing thing. But I do definitely think that having clear goals and clear outlines of where you want to be and where you're headed is a really good idea. Otherwise, like imagine getting in a car and driving and you just don't know where you're going. Like, cool, you might have fun driving around, but you, you there's no end goal. There's no end destination. So you can, it's really easy to get a bit lost or have no focus or have no kind of ambition on, on where you want to be. So if you can set yourself maybe some gym goals, like, oh my God, okay, like by the end of the year, I really want to be able to do a pull up or by the end of the year, I want to be able to do a push up. Like, 
little things with your nutrition, like by the, I don't know, um, end of this month, I really want to be like having three liters of water a day because I know it's going to make me feel so much better. Little things like that. If you can set yourself some goals, put them on your fridge, put them by your bedside table on your desk next to your laptop in your, I don't know, home screen on your phone, like whatever it is, if you can set some clear goals as to what you want to achieve and really sit down and have a think about that. Um, we're going to be doing a whole episode on finding your real goals, you know, finding a, a bit more of a clear why as to why you're actually doing what you're doing right now and, and what it's leading to and what it's going to be there for and what it's how it's going to benefit you in the future. But if you can just set yourself a couple of little clear goals for this month, like for example, my client at the start of the year, she set a goal to herself of doing 10,000 steps non-negotiable every single day throughout the year. And I sat down and was like, lol, all right then. Obviously, I was so supportive of her, but I was like, look, you know, you've got to be a little bit kinder to yourself because if you have a day where you're like, I don't know, like bedridden or you break your ankle, then what, you know? then you failed. But she set herself this goal and she's been consistent every single day. We're in August now. Like she's been consistent for how many months is that? Eight months, every single day achieving over 10,000 steps. And like for her, that's such a big motivator because it gets her up every morning to go, no, do you know what? I'm going to do it regardless of how I feel. If I feel rubbish, if I'm tired, I'm going to get those 10,000 steps. And sometimes having that bit of drive really pushes you in the right direction. So if you can set some clear goals for yourself that you can remind yourself of regularly, you're going to be much more likely to actually tick those boxes and get it done. Um, and the last point that I would like to make here is get some accountability, whether that is from a friend, an Instagram profile, a coach, like whatever it is, have somebody not only fighting your corner, but pushing you when you need it. Because it is so easy to just give up on your goals when you've not got somebody there to keep you accountable. And that's why having a coach is such a good thing. You know, it's one of the luxuries in life for some people, but for most people, we know what we're doing. We know that we should, you know, go to the gym and lift some weights and drink some more water and get some more sleep and eat, you know, a little bit less takeaways and a little bit more, you know, vegetables and things like that. But we don't do it. It's really hard to implement that. And since getting a coach, like I just kind of check in with my absolute babe of a person, human being, favorite person on the planet, Dan. Um, and I just check in with him every week and go, yo, bitch, I'm doing fine. And he's like, cool, bitch. See you next week. <laughs> oh my God, the power of a check-in. But it hypes me up. It makes me feel like, yeah, I can do this. The idea that I have to report back to somebody is really, really helpful because it means that on those days when you feel a little bit like, oh, I don't want to do this, you know you've got someone there to either give you a pep talk when you need it and cheer you on and say you can do this or to give you that guidance and direction when you do feel like you're a little bit maybe bunny ears off track. Um, so I would definitely get some accountability. Like I think it's the most powerful part of coaching is having that somebody there for you when you need it. Um, and even when you don't think you need it, it's so powerful having someone there and looking in and checking on you to make sure that you're ticking the boxes necessary, but also not overwhelming yourself with the extra stuff that you just don't necessarily need to do. So getting that accountability and even like I said, obviously getting a friend to help you or, you know, posting on your Instagram, because regardless of who it is, having somebody watching you gives you that little bit of a kick to keep going. And that's why I keep posting my gym selfies on social media, because it gives me that drive to say, you know, if someone hasn't seen me post something on Instagram for a while, 
I'm like, oh my God, everyone knows that I'm not going to the gym. I'm like not the consistency queen anymore. And it just, it just drives you to kind of go and get the job done and, and just get it, you know, get it ticked off. I know I keep saying get it done and get it ticked off, but it's true. You know, if you can kind of tick those things off, you're going to feel so consistent and you're just going to feel like a sassy little receptionist doing it. Um, Okay, I think it's the perfect time to just get get into a quick fire post-it note Q&A. So I'm going to find your questions and I'm just going to answer a couple of them super duper quickly before I let you crack on with your life. Okay, so I went onto my Instagram stories and asked you what you thought your kind of biggest struggle was when it came to being consistent. You know, what are you struggling with with consistency? And to be honest, there were so many responses this time. It's probably the most responses I've had to a question box like this in a really long time. And a lot of you said that you were struggling with things like just your mental headspace right now. You know, your your heart's not really in it. You know, things are hard at the moment and you're just not really finding the time to stop feeling a bit sorry for yourself. Like, there's a lot of people saying like, throwing pity parties and things like that. My favorite one, which like I shouldn't even laugh at, but I know who it is. And so it, it like makes it funnier. But she's replied saying stress, depressed, lemon zest. I've never heard that. Tell me, someone tell me if that's actually a thing. Like if that's, I don't know, someone famous or I don't know. I imagine it's probably a bloody meme or something out there, but I thought that was so cute. So Daisy, I feel you, hun. Um, but we've got this. I think a lot of people are just struggling with motivation in general. And the thing is of motivation, let's let's kind of just briefly touch on motivation. The, the problem with motivation is that it comes in waves and it's very inconsistent. So if you're trying to be a consistency queen, relying on motivation is not going to be your best bet. Like it's not going to be your gig. I did an Instagram post on this a couple of weeks ago about motivation being a bit of a wave. And if you're riding that wave, but you're not actively kind of pushing outside of those when those waves come in, you're never going to feel like you're getting anywhere because you're constantly going towards the shore and then away from the shore and then towards the shore and then away from the shore. Whereas if you ride those waves when that motivation is there, you know, your big motivational wave comes along, you ride it, you let it push you forward. And then when that wave is kind of flowing backwards, like imagine, you know, what's it called? Like a tide. Um, imagine you're, you carry on swimming regardless of whether that wave is helping you or hindering you. And then when that next big wave comes along, guess what? You can ride that and it can push you even further. But if you're only letting yourself do the work when that motivation is there, when that wave has come along, you're always going to be going, you know, two steps forward, three steps back, two steps forward, three steps back. You're going to feel like that constantly. So if you can stay consistent, even even on the times when that motivation isn't there, you're going to get so much further, so much faster than you did if you were just letting motivation kind of take over your progress. Um, so that's one thing that I would say. And I know it's really, really difficult when you just don't feel like it, you know, and you're, and you're finding it hard to motivate yourself. But again, having that accountability, having that coach to check in with, someone said zero motivation, struggling at the moment, but getting a coach may be a solution. And you're absolutely right. You know, getting a coach should be the solution. You know, it's something that you can have that's just going to help you uh, stay a bit more on it, if that makes sense, when it comes to trying to keep motivated. Because it is really difficult. And, you know, motivation really isn't there for us. Like, it isn't our best friend at all. We think it is. You know, we always wait until it's there. But it's never going to be there when you need it to. It's always going to be there when you least expect it. My motivation, weirdly enough, comes at, like, 
I don't know, midnight. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to get so much done. I'm going to be a queen. I'm going to do this, that, the other. Oh my God, I really want to write a, con- a post on Instagram or I-, I really fancy going to the gym or I'm going to write an ebook. And I get all of these ideas, these like bright ideas at like freaking one o'clock in the morning or whatever. And then I never actually action them because what is there to do at one o'clock in the morning? Not much. Um, so yeah, if you're waiting for motivation to come along, you're just going to be waiting a really long time. So if you can use that motivation as a tool and use it to your advantage when it's there, but then carry on working hard regardless by using the tips that I spoke about earlier, you're going to feel so much better and it's going to be a lot easier to get to your goal. And then it means that when motivation comes along, you can just use it to your advantage rather than relying on it consistently, uh, constantly, sorry. Okay. Next one, tiredness. There's quite a lot of tired people in here, you know. Um, Tiredness, I'm not getting enough sleep and that means I'm grumpy, hungry and self-pitying. Honey, I feel you. I feel like the world at the moment is just on a bit of a Debbie Downer um, and I think we're all really tired and I really can't understand why. I don't know if it's just because the last year or so has really just taken it out of us, you know, and we're just all a bit mentally drained from it. But I would definitely make sure that you are spending time doing things that make you feel good and that let, allow you to recharge. I think a lot of us are not recharging at the moment. And like, imagine you kept your phone on like 5% battery the whole time. You'd be a bit stressed because you would just expecting your phone to die any second. Like I know when it gets to like 10% battery, I panic and I'm like, I don't want to use it. So like, I'm trying to find a charger quick, but we are all at the moment running on like 5% battery and we're just accepting it as if like, yeah, this is just life. Like, no, honey, like start doing things that just make you feel so much better that give you time to reset and recharge and, and allow yourself to kind of fill your cup up. Do you know what I mean? I know it's so cheesy, but I do think that a lot of us are running on like really low percent battery at the moment. And we're not giving ourselves the the time and the space to just recuperate a little bit. So I would definitely set up a bit more of a bedtime routine. Like, hi, I am the worst for having a bedtime routine. Like, I'm like, okay, my routine is fall asleep on the sofa, wake up at like 3 a.m. and then go to bed and like set an alarm for 7, 8. (laughs) So this is definitely a note to self for me, mate. But if you can set yourself a bit of a bedtime routine, you know, try and avoid phones, try and avoid doing anything stimulating in the evenings um, and give yourself that time to wind down, especially if you've come home from work quite late. Like I know when I've come home from work at like nine, 10 o'clock at night, oh my God, it's so hard for me to switch my brain off. But a lot of us are keeping our brains on full, like they're on, do you know what I mean? They're switched right on. If you can just dim that a little bit and just learn to wind down after work and be able to switch off and find something that allows you to switch off as well. Like for me, it's reading. I've only recently just discovered reading earlier this year. And oh my God, it changed my life. Like it actually changed my life because I have never been able to find anything that that allows me to switch off from work mode. I'm such a bit, I mean, would I say such a workaholic? I'm a bit of a workaholic. I like everything that I do it benefits me for work. Like even the books that I'm reading, I've always kind of put it off because I'm like, oh, but even if I'm listening to audio books and stuff, I'm not really taking it in because I'm focusing on work things or I'm finding a way to connect whatever I'm reading or listening to, to work. You know, I'm like, oh, okay, how can this help someone else? Or like, if I read something and I resonate with it, I'm like, right, how can I put this into my own words to help other people as well? And so I always kind of thought that reading wasn't really my gig. 
and 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 for the fact that I literally can't read like I'm such a slow reader or I was telling myself I was a slow reader and then that first week that I started reading I read like three books in a row and I was just like a book nerd and I was obsessed and I'm still obsessed and for me it's now a really good way for me to switch my brain off and even though I read a lot of self-help books and a lot of books that will actively help me with work I am predominantly doing it for myself and then that is just an extra added bonus is the fact that it might help somebody else so if you can find something sassy for you to do that helps you to switch off from work mode or helps you to wind down after a long day then that's going to make things a lot easier when you do kind of get to that point where you feel a little bit tired. Um, And it's just going to help energize you as well, because you've had that you time, you've had that time to recharge. Even if you're sleeping like eight hours, sometimes we're still not fully recharging ourselves because we're not taking the time to be able like to take time out of work mode or mum mode or you know doing everything under the sun mode um so yeah if you can find a little bit of time just to find something that you can do for you it's going to make you feel a lot happier you're going to feel a lot less kind of lethargic all the time because you've got a little bit of a new lease of life you know a little bit of a fire under you because you found a, a little passion um and as well, little. I know that in in here, um, this queen has said I'm grumpy, hungry, and self pitying. And do you know what? Tiredness affects so much. If you can get some really good sleep, you're gonna feel so much better. It affects how hungry you are. It affects your food choices. So, like, you know, when you're tired and all you want to do is just like order a takeaway or go to McDonald's instead of cooking and things like that. So it really does affect the way that you eat. And when you're tired and you feel like crap you want to eat crap. And then when you eat crap, you feel even more crap. And then you want to eat more crap. And then you're tired because you're not fueling yourself. And then you're even more tired. And then you eat more crap. It's like a big fat roller coaster of emotion, hun. So if you can nip that in the bud and just try and get a little bit more sleep. I know that that's so like, uh, of course, duh, are you dumb? Like, of course, get more sleep. But if you can, it will make the world of difference. If you want some more tips on sleep, then I'm pretty sure I've got a post on it on Instagram. So go and have a little search for it um, or drop me a DM on Instagram and I can give you a few more tips. But yeah, switch your phones off. Try and have something that's just going to help recuperate you um, and just kind of give you that little bit of like switch off time. And then I would set yourself a bedtime and, and try when you can to like stick to that as much as possible. And it will help so much just to get into a bit more of a routine on that one. Um, Okay, next one, snacks. I have some chocolate and then think, oh, well, try again next week. Yeah, this is really um, a bit more of an all or nothing kind of vibe. Like loads of people have spoken about snacks and like snacking and eating at night, like late night in eating, consistency in calories isn't there, um, loads like that. And I think the the main thing is the idea that who cares? You can snack. Of course you can have snacks. Like I would encourage my clients to have snacks. You know, you can eat chocolate, you can eat what you want. I think the where people are where you might be struggling with this is the idea that you can't have those things or you shouldn't be doing those things or that those things are bad. And if you can remove that vocabulary and tell yourself, you know, snacking isn't bad. It's just a way to eat more food when I'm hungry. Duh, like brilliant. What a bloody vibe that is. Um, and finding that like, oh, okay, you know, eating late at night isn't bad. If you think about it, when you were younger, you were told you shouldn't snack. You shouldn't, um, eat late at night, like all of these, uh, I guess, myths that we've been taught over time, 
get to a point where they get stuck in your head. And you know, even me sometimes, I'll be like, it will get to super late at night and I'll be like, oh, I shouldn't really have this now because I am just going to go straight to bed. Who cares? It doesn't mean that that then, um, you know, you automatically gain that weight from that snack overnight. That's not how it works. And so if you can kind of debunk these things, and I I reckon let's do a big fat kind of debunking Q&A at some point. Um, But if you can start just to kind of filter out these things and realize that, snacking isn't bad food isn't bad having any sort of food that you know has in the past maybe been deemed as forbidden from your bloody slimming club rep or your stupid keto diet you were on or whatever it is if you're still treating these foods as good or bad then you're going to feel worse when you eat those foods and then you're going to be more likely to give up and then just or give in and eat them all and eat loads and loads and loads and loads and start again tomorrow because you think well I've messed up now because I've had this one bad food but if you know that no food is bad literally if you don't know that hi you know that now um then you're going to be able to stay on track a lot more because you're not going to feel like you're off track every single time you want to eat food um, of any kind at any time. You can eat whatever food you like at any time of day. It will not impact fat loss unless you are over consuming on calories full stop. So that's the first thing to know. I feel like, you know, this whole idea of quick fire, probs not, didn't, didn't pan out that way, did it? Anyway, um, there's a lot of people talking about social occasions as well. So let's talk about that. Um, you know, people saying birthdays, school holidays, all crap reasons, she said. But the thing is, is that they're absolutely valid reasons. You know, you enjoying time with family and friends, um, just events all the time, got weddings, got holidays coming up and things like that. And the first thing to know is you can still stay on track whilst doing all of those events. Like all of my clients every single week will either give them a higher calorie day or an untracked day or an untracked meal or something where you can be a little bit more flexible. And you can know that like, actually, okay, I can go out for for dinner and it not ruin my progress. I can go out for drinks with the girls and it not ruin my progress. Hun, if you told me never to eat a takeaway or never to go out for dinner or never to drink alcohol ever again, I would sack you right off. Like, bye-bye, Mr. Coach, not my gig. I want to work with girls that want to go out and have a tequila with me. I want to work with girls who want to go out and enjoy a meal out with their friends or a night out with the girls. You know, that's where living your life comes into play. And if you're not living your life just to be able to live your life later, what are you doing, hun? Like, what are you doing? You're, you're literally wasting your life now in order to be able to live your life later. Think about that. And what I would say is whenever you do go out for dinner, it is just a case of being a little bit more mindful about your food choices, knowing that you can still go out and enjoy these things without it costing you like... I don't know, your progress over it, you can still get results and do all of these things. It just requires A, a little bit more planning and B, just being a little bit more mindful and knowing that you don't have to choose, you know, the most calorific option or you don't have to treat it as a, well, I've already messed up because I'm going out for dinner. So I might as well just go and order the entire menu and then get back on track the next day. You can go out and be absolutely in line with your goals. You can still go and enjoy your takeaway without it ruining your progress. Um, And again, maybe we'll talk about that in a little bit more detail another time. But 
know for now that just because you've got events coming up or you've got alcohol or, you know, meals out or, or things like that does not mean that you cannot stay on top of your goals. You absolutely can. And in fact, I would encourage it so that you don't get to a point where if that does crop up and you've got no other way to kind of get out of it, then you're still able to go and enjoy it and see results from it. Um, I would absolutely encourage you to still live your life alongside doing that so that it's much more enjoyable. And so you're going to stick to it for longer. Do you know what I mean? Consistency, blah, amazing, fabulous. Um, Okay, there's a lot that are talking about lack of forward planning, no routine and things like that, which I've kind of covered obviously earlier in this episode. And I think it is finding the time and finding a plan and, and knowing exactly what you need to do is really, really handy. So if you can do all of the things that I spoke about, you know, planning your gym sessions in, um, even planning your meals maybe a little bit. So kind of saying, right, okay, the night before every morning you go, right, I'm going to have this for breakfast, this for lunch, this for dinner, these for snacks, and I'm going to save myself a couple hundred calories in the evening, just in case I want a little cheeky chocolate bar. Um, then the next day, if you decide for breakfast that instead of having, I don't know, your Greek yogurt and berries, you fancy an omelet, you know you can just swap that out and it not be the end of the world. So create a plan, but make it flexible. Make it, you know, malleable, shiftable to something that you might decide differently on the day so that you don't end up getting to a point where you go, oh my God, well, I wanted to have an omelet today, but I can't because I told myself I'd have Greek yogurt. Like, you know that you can swap those things out as and when. But if you've got a little bit of an idea as to what you're going to have, it makes it a whole lot easier the next day to get up and go, right, cool. I know I'm going to have yogurt and berries today. So there I go getting my yogurt pot out. And it's just going to make it so much easier for you to kind of stick to what you've been doing in the past. Um, A lot of you are talking about feeling overwhelmed with everything that you kind of need to do as well. You know, we've got feels overwhelming to do alongside all of the other things I have, like juggling kids, work, house, soon college, things like that. I think so many people need to give themselves a little bit more of a break, you know, cut yourself a bit of slack. You've got so much going on in the world at the moment that sometimes it's okay to do the bare minimum, the bare minimum. I am very much a minimum effort, maximum reward kind of queen, to be quite honest with you. Um, And I think it's really important to be able to allow yourself to do that sometimes when life gets overwhelming. You know, I've got client, a client that's moving house at the moment. And she's really struggling with consistency because all she was really struggling with consistency because she was like, oh my God, like, how am I going to get to the gym? I've got so much to do. Like, I'm so tired after moving boxes all the time and packing things up. And I can't find my, you know, I don't know, food scales in the boxes. I can't find my measuring tape, whatever it is. Like, so we just decided, right, great. You know, we're going to bring you up to maintenance and have a range of calories to make it a bit more flexible. We're going to decide to go to the gym once a week. And then the rest of the week, we're going to do some home bodyweight workouts so that you're still getting moving and feeling good from it, but you're not necessarily committing to ticking every single box that ever existed. And for her, she's managed to stay so on track. It's mind boggling. Um, over the last couple of weeks while she's been moving, just purely because we've set her some non-negotiables, like I spoke about earlier, that were achievable for her. So sometimes it's not about doing everything all at once. It's about setting yourselves the thing that setting yourself the things that you can do that are more achievable so that you're still ticking boxes even when 
you know, you've got a big goal or you've got loads going on. And that's that it's so easy to feel overwhelmed when you're trying to be perfect and when you're trying to do it all at once. But if you can strip it back and just focus on a couple of the basics, you're going to feel so much better about where you're at right now and where you're going to be in a couple of weeks time. So yeah, if you've got a lot going on right now, please cut yourself a bit of slack. You know, the whole world is a mess. And if if all you can do today is go out and get 5,000 steps on a walk, hun, you've smashed it. Like you've smashed it. So give yourself a little bit of a break. Be less harsh on yourself when you don't tick a box you wanted to tick um, and take it one day at a time. Like take it a day at a time, do what you can for that day, tick those boxes necessary and then go to bed happy because you've smashed the day, hun. Right. To be honest, I think that's kind of I don't know. There's a couple about kind of being a sugar addict and and temptation and that sort of stuff. But I think let's talk about that in a completely separate topic um, and a separate podcast episode because there's a lot we could unpick there. But yeah, I think. And in fact, yeah, let's cut that there because it's probably quite a long episode and you've probably gone for about 25 cups of tea. You've probably gone home from your walk by now, or you're probably in bed asleep. So fair enough, hun. I'm going to let you crack on with your life, but please rate this podcast, share it to your stories, you know, give it a cheeky screenshot and whack it on your stories and tag me so that I know that you're enjoying it. And feel free to give me any sort of feedback or whatever. And I guess I'll chat to you in the next episode.